Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bite Wings. In today's episode, we will be talking about how to improve patient experience. Within the studio, we have Robert. Good afternoon. And that's it. I mean, we don't have a guest speaker today, I guess, in today's episode. Introduce yourself. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you guys don't know, my name's Ash. I'm your regular host on this show. And we've catered a pretty great episode for you guys today, specifically for our dental audience out there. These are some of the things we deal with on a regular basis, at least from my end, whenever I'm talking with a client over the phone and they're asking, hey, what are some of the ways I can improve my revenue? Some of the points that we will be talking about comes up. And what do you think about our today's episode, Robert? Well, you know, it's interesting when uh, clients ask how they can increase their revenues and they're not thinking about improving their operations. They're thinking about increasing their fees or um, Reducing decreasing the dependence on insurance or getting more new patients. But there are a lot of other ways that your practice is affected and it can Definitely be a positive influence if your staff it just works together well as a team and you provide that five-star customer service experience to your patients. That's true. So it's not always about quantitative things. Sometimes it's about the qualitative things that you bring uh, within your practice. And it's also much less expensive to spend the money on improving the way your staff treats the patients than it is to go out and try to find a marketing company that can bring you new patients. Absolutely. And and it goes hand in hand with the culture aspect of it too. Like when you are putting your patient first and you're running a practice that's more patient-centric and value-based, um, you know that that's the kind of culture that not only just the people that are walking in through the doors are going to appreciate, but also the team members that you have on your team that will like adhering to some of these practices. Now, what are some of the things that a client can do basically to improve patient experience? Um, as I mentioned before, of course, having a practice that's more patient-centric, meaning, you know, your number one priority, your main focus should be the patient. And of course, value-based cleaning, meaning, you know, there should be some set values that you're uh, catering to when you are addressing the needs of the patient. And, uh, of course, with, uh, this goes without saying, I mean, the clinical quality also needs to be there and assured, not just to the patient, but also by some of the practices that are maintained. And it should always be, in my opinion, an improving fact or a factor that needs to be improved upon on a regular basis. You know, and what sets your practice apart from your neighbors or your, your peers down the street? And one thing is just keeping it updated keeping all the latest equipment there and, and the patients will know and think, wow, this is cool. I, you know, I've never seen this before. And my, my doctor's really updated. They're proud of that. They want to see somebody that's got the latest and greatest uh, you know, toys to, to treat them. Right, right. And also the efficiency part of it, right? Because at the end of the day, it is a business. So efficiency should also be on 
within your focal point, which is by making sure you have the latest and greatest of the technology that's out there and also having a system in place. Uh, basically, finding a way to integrate all the latest and greatest that you have with the people that you're working with so uh, services can be provided very efficiently. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, you got to think about your patients when they walk through the door. In fact, you know, you should walk through your front door just like a patient does sometimes and think about if I was a patient, what would I see when I walk in here? You know, do you see an empty reception area? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? You know, do you see smiling, happy front desk staff? Or do you see people back there talking on the phone to insurance companies and grumbling about it? You know, so right you know, look at the attitude of your front desk people because when they come, th when your patients come through the door, the first person they're going to see is the front desk. And that person needs to be the cheerleader of the practice, it needs to be a bubbly, outgoing personality. That just presents a friendly atmosphere. Yeah, and there should be some warmth to it. And I'm assuming you're talking about the intake process, right? Yes. And that is an important aspect, which is that friendly smile. Now, a lot of times we feel like, oh, you know, that goes without saying, but you'd be surprised how many times, you know, uh, initially when, when the front desk people are hired, they may be practicing it, but after a while they get into this like groove of just rut. Right. <laughs> to just get things done. And, and honestly, in my opinion, sometimes that, takes out that customer service feel like, oh, am I not a priority? Maybe that insurance company is a priority to these people. You know, and sometimes, you know, we all have bad days, but, you know, the, the team at the front desk has to check their bad day when they come in in the morning. You know, they've got to be in a good mood when they're there in front of the patients and working with their, their coworkers. It shows the patients can, can, can feel that. And the more comfortable the patient feels in the practice, the more likely they are to refer it and also to come back themselves and bring other family members. So it's really important, the attitude of the front desk people. That's, that's your first impression when they come through the door. But again, I would encourage the doctors to you know, go outside, walk through your front door, look at the practice as if you were a patient. And what would you change about the things that are in your practice? You know, maybe the Maybe the flooring needs to be replaced. Maybe the walls need to be painted. You know, maybe you need some brighter lights. Uh, maybe the attitude of your front desk person needs to be adjusted. You know, think about those things. Think about it from a patient's standpoint. Right. And here's a tip. I mean, th these are some simple ways where you can improve the patient experience of your practice. At very little cost. Absolutely. So, for instance, the front desk person. Make sure your front desk person, the first person, the point of contact, the initial point of contact, that person says hello to the patient. That should be the first thing that comes out of their mouth. And then immediately following the hello, they should acknowledge the patient by their name. Little things like these make it more of a personable first acquaintance. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the person should also introduce him or herself. And their role in, in, you know, this experience that they're about to have. And if they know something about the patient's family, you know, I mean, you know, how's the dog or, you know, how are the kids? And, you know, just something to make it more personable. Again, you're creating that relationship with the patient. And it's not just the doctor that's creating a relationship. It starts at the front door. Right. So the whole team needs to create the relationship with the patient. Right. And here's another tip. You actually raised a very good point. Now, every single practice has what is called a profile, a patient profile. 
there's a note section there where I would highly recommend to write some of these little things. Let's say in a previous visit, the patient came in and said that, oh, I'm currently in the process of selling my house. You know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find another house within the same city or not, but I'm worried about that. Jot down that over there in the notes section. Next time when they come visit you, ask them, hey, how was the house sale? Did it go well? Just that small thing that you brought in from the past will make them feel like, wow, this person really cares about me. Or, you know, vacation plans or um, what else? Uh, you know, health issues. Those are things that patients talk about. And just make notes of those so next time you can follow up and they'll be impressed that you remember that. Absolutely. And now here's another thing, right? I mean, I personally experience when I go visit my dentist, which is the wait time is crazy, right? And I almost feel like it's my fault that they're taking so long, even though I've, I'm like, wait, but I set up the schedule for 1 p.m. today. Why am I here and still having to wait for an hour? Now, regardless of whose fault it is, I feel like the business owner or the, one of the team members of that business needs to apologize to the patient whenever they feel like they're being waited for it. Or you have to understand that their time, the patient's time is also valuable, just like yours. They must have taken time off from their work or someplace to be there with you. And I think they need to be transparent. Let the patient know what the problem is to some degree. I mean, you don't have to go into a lot of detail, but hey, I'm sorry, we had an emergency procedure. There's a patient back there where doctors taking care of. We'll get to you just as soon as we can. And if there's an empty chair, get them back there. Right, right, right. At least get the process started. Yeah. They don't always have to fall in place like one after another immediately. It can wait. But as long as there's some movement, right? We we're talking about momentum. As, as soon as intake happens, the patient is taken to their chair. You know, even if it takes a while for the hygienist to walk in or the dental assistant to walk in, that's still fine. The patient feels like the process has started. Now, the other thing I also want to bring up a little bit about intake is don't just talk about medical things with the patient. It's very important that when you first start, initialize the conversation that you talk about something non-medical. You need to accept and realize the human factor of a conversation. And that's very critical, especially if you're trying to focus on the relationship dentistry portion of running your practice and maintaining within your culture. Now, I think, like I said, you, you create that relationship. You ask about vacations, kids, uh, pets. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are all easy topics to bring up. Weather. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you can't think of anything, the weather is always a good place to go to. Especially here in Texas. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think all around the U.S. right now as we're recording. Now, the other thing is this. So body language is also another factor. So don't have the front desk person just memorize and rehearse some things to say, uh, even though it may seem like the easy route. But, you know, just make sure that the front desk person maintains eye contact and is actually communicating with the eyes and is listening and not just hearing. There's a big difference there. And when, when someone's listening, you're paying attention to not just the words that's coming out of the other person's mouth, but also the body language, the eye movement, how they're interacting and actually realize, is this person in a bad mood or in a good mood is, is, is this person scared? Like for me, I'll be honest, like every time I'm going to a dentist, I'm very scared. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what this guy's about to do to me today. And it really helps if, if the person, you know, who first notices that fear within me acknowledges it and does something or says something to calm me down. Well, and a lot of the patients that go into a dental practice are there because they're in pain. Absolutely. So, you know, acknowledge that, 
um, confirm it, and then see if there's something you can do about it, you know, or at least set them at ease. Right, 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 right. So now that we've covered the intake part, let's say the patient gets called in and is now sitting on the chair. Does it stop there? That's it? That's the experience part? No. Okay. So then, <laughs> oh, what does the dental assistant or the hygienist need to do? They need to continue the same process. Now they, they need to have that relationship with the patient. Just talk about non-medical things. And, and, uh, and if they are in pain, you know, talk about that and, and assure them that you know, it, it's not going to be any worse. It's going to get better from here forward. And just assure them that, make them comfortable, in, in other words. Right, right, right. And a lot of times, you know, uh, making someone feel comfortable doesn't just mean, oh, you'll be fine today or, you know, you're in good hands. Elaborate upon that. Actually talk about the whole treatment plan with them. What you're planning, what's going to be done today, what you may try to accomplish today, if not, when you follow up on that. What it does is it creates a roadmap for the patient because you are actively involving the patient in the process at that point. At that point, there's not a power differential. What I mean by that is the person who's treating and the person who's being treated, they both feel like they're on equal plane, meaning nobody is in full control. Or in other words, both people in that conversation are in that understanding has control. Yeah, I know it's, it's interesting talking about treatment plan you mentioned. Now, I know every time I go to the dentist, they look at me and say, are you going to have that front tooth redone yet? <laughs> so they know, they know who I am and I know they know. And so it's a relationship. They don't have to look at the chart. I've been going there so long. They know what my issues are in my mouth. They know I'm not going to have it done, but they're going to ask me every time. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's a good sign. Honestly, if you ask me again, from a business standpoint, uh, no harm in asking, right? Right. Right. Diagnosing the pocketbook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very common mistake. And a lot of people are just, um, you know, they want people to like them. And so they don't want to give them bad news. And that includes how much this is going to cost. That's bad news, right? right. So if you think that somebody uh, can't afford it, or if you think it's, it's a lot of money, you're less likely to diagnose it properly, unfortunately. So you got to do what's best for the patient, uh, mm. regardless. And then, you know, if there is a, a high cost, then come up with a solution, present the patient with a solution. I mean, care credit, there are certainly other options, uh, or in-house financing, if there's no other option. A lot of people are doing that and getting a, a decent return on their money. So g give the patient some options. Don't give them a reason to say no. Take that away. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, even to get to that point where you can cater to the patient's needs, you need to first understand where the patient stands, whether it's financially or, you know, temperamentally. For that, you need to have a talk. And I'll tell you one thing. Here's a secret that I've learned over the years about a conversation. Initiate a conversation with someone and then let that person speak, right? And it will go a long way if you don't cut that person off. Meaning, don't interrupt. Don't interrupt. Like I just did. <laughs> oh, that's good. We're, we're, we're doing this in tandem, so that's not an interruption. It's more like a tag team. WrestleMania. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so when a patient starts speaking, you know, do not interrupt them. And most importantly, do not make them feel rushed. They need to feel like they're getting their money's worth. They took their time out. They're getting their value over here. Of course, they're getting a treatment if there is a treatment scheduled to be received by that patient. But even aside that, they will 
understand that you are respecting their t- time and they will return that. Now, earlier Robert mentioned during the intake process, if there is a delay, just to be transparent about it. And that's something that will move into the treatment section as well. So when you're on the chair, if there's a delay for whatever reason, maybe the x-ray machine isn't turning on correctly or... Or maybe it's broken or waiting on a repairman. That's true. Mm, yeah. or, or, you know, uh, the radiologist is uh, who's here is... He's, uh, maybe he's on a lunch break. Exactly. Just just be transparent about that. You have to understand that the patients are also human, just like you. They understand those things. They work too. They take lunch breaks too. So don't assume that you have to offer a perfect 100 out of 100 service to your patient. Just make sure you're doing your best and they see that. So now that we've covered the treatment section when the patient is on the chair and let's say the treatment has been done and they're about to leave, the discharge part. Does the patient experience stop just at treatment or do we continue on towards discharge as well? It starts at the front door and it ends at the front door when they're going out. So it continues after treatment all the way back to the front desk, handing them off to the front desk people and then out the door. Right, right, exactly. And this is the part where, you know, they've received the treatment. Maybe they're a little delirious from the nitrous oxide gas, <laughs> but, you know, the delirious <laughs> are that. So have them pay while they're delirious. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's also a good tip. Now, understand this, that sometimes these people are probably not going to drive back by themselves. They may be calling in someone to come and pick them up. So they may be waiting in the waiting room while they're, you know, waiting for their buddy or someone to come and pick them up. That discharge process doesn't just end as soon as they sign the dotted line and say, oh, here's your payment or here's my insurance information. It doesn't end till, as Robert pointed out, they walk out that door. Out the door, right. Because one thing I will tell you, yes, the first impression matters, but at the same time, if you are looking out to get a good review or a good referral, they will pay most attention to the end part of it. In other words, the meal is as good as the dessert. So make sure till they walk out of that door, starting with the discharge, so giving them clear discharge instructions, confirming the patient's knowledge of home care plan, as well as teaching them what they need to do step-by-step to make sure that after the treatment has been provided, they take care of themselves. They walk out with proper knowledge of wellness and with a good morale. And while they're after the checkout or somewhere along in the checkout procedure, be sure you ask them for a review, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if they've had the great experience that you're trying to give them, ask them to review the practice. That's true. While they're still in the office. That's true. Or while they're still delirious. (laughs) No, maybe that's a bad idea. (laughs) Now, I I know we talked about some of these things that can be done to improve the patient experience, but how do we make sure that this is an ongoing thing? And this is not something that you just do for the first couple of weeks and then you forget about it. Okay. The key thing here are the service providers. In other words, your team, right? 
So it can be just one or two people within the office that's going to do this. As, as I mentioned, it's the whole process, the intake, the treatment, the discharge, all of it combined. It needs to be a positive experience for the patient. So you have to make sure, first and foremost, that the staff or the team members you have are happy because happy staff equals happy patients. I mean, you can tell even on a phone conversation when someone's smiling. Absolutely. You can hear it yeah. through, through the phone. So in person, it's even more important. You can see it. So that front desk staff has to be happy. They have to appear to be happy. They have to put on a front if they're having a bad day. Like I said, check that at the door. And you have to present you know, a, a, a great culture, a great attitude to the patients. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And know your audience too. So depending on the location you're in, the kind of demographics you're catering to, maybe, you know, have certain things there in place in your practice that caters to that demographic. Or even the staff that you have on board are knowledgeable enough to know how to cater to the staff. What I mean by that is, so for instance, if most of the patients that walk through your door are elderly people, make sure that the staff you have on board know how to address elderly people politely, uh, with courtesy, and in a fashion that's more acceptable by them. And now let's say you're in a very hippie town, you know, very cool atmosphere, is very Austin-ish. Weird, weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just make sure that the staff that you have on board can cater to that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you have to look at the personalities you're dealing with and deal with each personality in a different manner. Mm -hmm. I mean, you certainly deal with teenagers differently than you would people over 65. That's true. Yeah. That's I hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Generally speaking. Generally yes. Speaking, yes. Absolutely. Generally speaking. Uh, that is the case. So be sure that you address all of these things if you can, or to the best of your ability. And it's not something that can be done just by that one person. I mean, you, the it's listener, the, it's the whole team. It's the whole team. So make sure you go have a huddle or in your next huddle, have this conversation with your team, tell them what are these things that you can do. And I guarantee you personally that it's not just the patients, but your team will appreciate it too. You know, happy team, happy Patience. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I always say that. So, uh, cohesion, congruency, transparency, good communication, and cohesiveness, right? They all go together. Just make sure that you as the leader, as the owner, uh, someone they look up to, you maintain that. And if possible, maybe reward them from time to time for making sure that they're doing these things. You have a grab bag or something, or, you know, have a, have lunch brought in, catered to the office, whatever, just some little reward. Yeah, yeah. Unexpectedly. Yeah. That's I mean, true. don't give it to them as a goal. Just surprise them occasionally. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So these are ideas that really create a better overall patient experience that will actually result in more referrals, more good reviews, and cost nothing, very little, just effort. That's all. And of course, the, the leader, the doctor, owner, has to lead it. You have to be the one that shows them how you want them to act. You have to be in a great mood yourself. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the best advice we have. That's true. That's true. So that's all we have for you guys in this episode today. If you guys have questions or queries, please feel free to reach us at info at enassociates.com. We always appreciate your uh, recommendations and the questions that you guys have. So until next time, take care. Thank you.
thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond by Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.